Welcome back to the Adventures on the Road podcast. We are back for 2021 after 2020, the year which I'm sure we would like to forget. Seeing international travel is off for the time being, let's look forward to exploring our own state and country. Whether you're retirees or a young family starting to explore this great country, the Adventures on the Road podcast will have something for you. So make sure you subscribe to Adventures on the Road wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on Facebook. In this, our first episode for 2021, we talk travelling with pets. Well, I'd like to welcome to the podcast a lovely lady by the name of Jera, who's going to talk to us about travelling with our pets. Good morning, Jera. How are you? I'm lovely this morning. How are you, Shane? Oh, look, I'm fantastic. Now, what's your role at the RSPCA? Um, I'm an animal attendant at, at the RSPCA, so that uh, gives me, uh, I, well, I go around and do uh, various jobs. So I work with all the cats and all the dogs in I'm just kind of a woman of all trades here at the, the shelters. Okay, so so you're, you're working constantly with, with dogs and cats. Now, you must have some idea of what it's what the important things we need to consider when we're travelling with pets because it's becoming far, far more popular than it's ever been before, whether it's in a caravan, a motorhome, or we're staying at pet-friendly motels and, and cabin-like accommodations. Are you, are you finding there's a lot more people travelling and, and with their pets? Yes, I have found that, um, and, and I used to do that as well with my, my animal uh, back in the States. So she used to travel with my husband and I over the road. We were over-the-road truck drivers, so I uh, know a lot about travelling with animals, especially dogs. So, but yeah, there there's been quite an increase in that as well. So, what do you think we we need to think about without traveling with our pet when they're they're actually in the vehicle with us and we're going from point A to point B? Um, definitely need to uh, you know watch for signs of any distress with the the animal. You know whether they're coping well with the ride because of course some uh, animals may need to be uh, you know be medicated so that they're a bit more comfortable on their ride. So we definitely need to watch out for that. And as far as uh, not leaving them in a hot car or caravan while whilst we go into the grocery store to get, you know, uh, groceries and things like that, need to make sure we leave the air on or, you know, put uh, or if we're uh, parked up and we put them out in the shade and somebody stays, one person stays with the animal as well, just so we can walk, you know, constantly watch and monitor them as well. Yeah. Do you think it's it's a good idea if you're planning on doing um, some, some traveling and I I don't necessarily just mean for, for for an hour on a particular day, but if you're planning on taking your pet away on holidays with you, mm-hmm. that, that perhaps you should get them used to travelling in the car and sort of go for a few day drives yep. to get them used to being in the in the vehicle for a, for a period of time. That is correct. Yeah, it, it, they would be definitely going on those short trips, like just if it's just up to like the dog park or to the, just the grocery store and coming back home, doing that. And then, of course, eventually going a little bit further, a little bit further. So they get used to, uh, you know, the movement of the, the car, the caravan, whatnot. And then it just makes that makes it a little bit easier. But then, of course, there's going to be some animals that just aren't are not going to cope with traveling. So. So if, if we've got a pet that we, we you know, we, we've done a few short drives and some extended drives with them and, and we feel like they're not coping, I know you mentioned uh, in a little bit earlier about medicating uh, our pets. What's what's the process there? Should we should we be talking to our, our vet about that? Yes, that would be correct. That that would be my first my first line would be uh, you know talk to your vet, 
look, they're not writing well, and they would be able to prescribe them, um, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, a medication that would help them cope a little bit better, especially if we were, we were avid travelers. Um, and we wanted our pets to definitely come with with us. But yes, definitely talk, talk to your best vet first. Because there's, I know there's a few different type of products available. There are some sort of, shall we say, natural herbal type products that, mm-hmm. that, that are, can be calming on, on our pets. Right. But also then there is prescribed medication that, that the vet would go to if that wasn't working. Yes, that, yes, that is correct. Yes. Now, what's, what do you think we need to consider about, shall we say, our accommodation environment, our housing environment, whether it be our own van or whether we're, we're staying in someone else's accommodation that allows you to keep pets? What's the sort of things we need to think about um, for, for our pets so that they feel at home, I suppose, is the best way to put it? Obviously, you know, you make sure they get they get out at their regular times to go to the toilet. Um, obviously, that's that's a first thing because, of course, you don't want to go into accommodation and have your animal toilet in there. Um, so, obviously, making sure that they that that part is taken care of. And you can always bring in. Um, uh, when I would would travel, I would bring a bedding in for my dog. That that way, that has her smell on it. And then that way they're a little bit more comfortable. Whether you're in the caravan or in the hotel, they just have that sense of security with their own things there. And, uh, you know, just to, just to make sure that it, it, they have plenty of room to move around. And like, if not, then, then of course, you know, try and get them out to, into a courtyard or, you know, a walking area that might be close by. Now, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here because we have done a lot of traveling ourselves. And when we were traveling, we actually had both a dog and a cat with us. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, they got on really well. That's why we took them with us. But we, we discovered once we hit the road that we could actually put a lead on our cat right. and we yeah. were able to take take him outside with us when we were sitting outside and he was happy the fact that, you know, we'd let him walk around and, and explore on the lead mm-hmm. and then yeah. when, when he was ready, he'd, he'd get into his little bed and we would just obviously then tether the thing so if he did get up and suddenly go, he wasn't able to bolt or if he got a fright or anything or, or then if we saw he got up, we could sort of take him for a walk. Do you find that quite common amongst cats that cats can adapt to that sort of thing, can't they? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. We've had we've had cats here that uh, we put harnesses on and go out for walks, and you actually see see them more and more. It is it, it does look a little odd, you know, when you do see a cat walking down the street. But yeah, it's being become more common, and, and cats a lot of cats actually don't, don't mind it um, as well. You know, that way they can they also can get outside and you know not be cooped up in the house all the time either. And then you know that they're safe because they're with you as you know too. So um, I th- I think it's I think it's a great thing, and if you can get your cat to like it, I I I. I tell people to go for it. I think it's great. And it's, and it's, you know, very, it's very suitable for the cat too, because a lot of cats do like to get outside and get in the fresh air. And, and like I said, we can just keep everybody safe. Now, I suppose it's also important that we, we think about it and we try and not overchange their routine. I mean, obviously, we've got to make a few changes because we're traveling. But I mean, it, it, you've got to try and, if you can, stick to the same routines that you do at home. And I guess that would include like feeding them. You, you, you stick to feeding them the same sort of food at the same sort of time that you would at home. Yes, that's that would be correct. Yes, I would I would try to, to keep that schedule as as close to to possible. And their toilet breaks, you know, if they if they have like an indoor outdoor thing, if they're going in, just monitor their times before you go on travel to see when they do go outside and want to go. And then that way, you know, you know, if it's if you think the dog needs to go out in an hour after traveling or two hours, or he can last for eight hours, you know, it just depends. But yeah, definitely monitor that prior to traveling. 
and their toilet breaks and when they eat, when they drink, those kinds of things. Um, but of course, you can always have water on hand or whenever you stop as well. But yeah, I, I would highly recommend that. It, that just gives them like with dogs, they need that structure and routine. And that that's what keeps it keeps them calmer. Yeah, I think it's important whilst we're talking about routine that we think about the changes in temperature because a lot of people are travelling at any time of the year or are travelling the whole year with their pet. And we've we've got to try and remember that when temperature starts to change, they feel the change in temperature and that's more likely to, to stress them out in a, in a travel environment. Oh, yeah. So what, what sort of things do you like to sort of keep in, in your mind about when you start to notice a change in temperature? What, what sort of things do you think you should be looking for in your pet and what sort of things should you be doing? Okay. Um, so definitely the, the first like uh, signs of heat stress would be um, excessive panting. Um, if you see that their tongue's getting really like a dark red in their gums, uh, they, get, they get like a dry, sticky tongue and gums as well. Um, they start to kind of stagger. They may get bloody diarrhea or vomiting. Those kinds of things are signs of heat stress. And of course, to help prevent any of those things is you want to make sure that your pet has at least two bowls of water at all times, you know, to make sure that they have plenty of access to plenty of water, plenty of shade. Um, And you can also use like you can put ice cubes in the water as well to help keep the water cold. Um, And then obviously, if you're going to be using water dishes, you want to make sure that they're heavy so they're not getting knocked over as well. And obviously don't over-exercise your dogs. So you want to walk them like in, in the early morning or in the late evening. But just be be mindful, of course, like when walking them in the late evening, we want to make sure that the pavement, you keep them off the pavement still because that could be quite hot still. So more of like the grassy areas. But of course, for first aid, first of all, you want to get the dog, of course, out of the heat um, and use cool water, not like ice water, but definitely like just cool water so that they have that, they they're not going from one extreme to the other because it can cause like the ice water can cause the blood vessels to constrict, um, which will slow down their cooling effect. So either, and you can pour uh, water directly onto the animal or place like wet cloths or towels around them. So that way they can help, that will help cool the cooling them down. And of course, cool uh, with, especially with dogs, uh, cool around the feet and around their head, because that's where the bottom of their pads is where they sweat. And then, and then of course, by panting helps release their, the heat in them as well. Um, but of course, you want to make sure you don't overcool your animals to cause them to have hypothermia either. So you can go from one extreme to the other and it can be quite quick. And then, of course, if you do bring a thermometer with you, you can also always check check your um, animal's temperature as well. If you don't want that temperature to get over, uh, you know, like 39 degrees, because that's not a good sign for, for, for fever. So and then, of course, if you, if you feel you need to, um, I would take them to the lo- the local vets wherever you're at. Yeah, just just yeah. talking on, on taking them to the local vet wherever you are. I've yeah. I've found over the years when because we, we, we spent several years on the road that when you go into a, a vet and you say, look, and you tell them straight away, look, uh, we're, we're travelling on the road full time. We've not been here before. We think our dog is, is you know not coping or there's there's this little problem. They're more than happy to to not only treat the dog, but you know they they talk to you and they ask how things are going, and they understand that you're travelling with your pet, so that makes it a different sort of environment to to a pet that's at home all the time. So I've, that's one thing I, I must say I, I found great about the vets that they they do understand the concept and what you're doing and 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 treat the pet accordingly. It, it's great. 
Oh, it is. It's lovely. Yeah. And a, and a lot of vets are like, oh, okay. Yeah. No worries. You know, we'll get them seen right in. It's not like you have to wait for an appointment. They just take them yeah. back since they know, you know, in your, what position you're in. I, I do love the vets for that. So they, they do a good, really good job. Yeah. You mentioned something a few minutes ago, which I've been holding in my head mm-hmm. to, to bring up again. I, I, I like to think that I know my dog pretty well and, you know, I look after him. He, he's, he's my little man. I didn't know that they sweat on their pads or their paws. I've learned something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Because if you ever notice, if, they, if you get your uh, – um, I'm trying to think of the – if you have kind of like a, a hot – I think it is, a, let's say, a cool pavement and then the dog's paws will be on it and the dog's a little bit hot, you'll see their footprints. But, yeah, they actually sweat from the bottom of their paws. Yeah. There you go. You learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, and, and yeah. Go on. You were going to say something then. Sorry. Oh well, no, no. I just yeah. It was just I thought I thought it was pretty cool too because I, I learned that years ago when I when I had my dog uh, because I was uh, we actually took her my husband took her out for a walk and she, her paws wound up getting burnt and uh, and we didn't realize it because the pavement was still so hot the bitumen. And and then we found out from the vets that they actually that's how they how they sweat through one of their parts is through their paws. So yeah, it was a learning learning process for us. So and I do also recommend if you do have hot pavement, you can buy little boots for your dogs, and I highly recommend that as well. For if you do want to walk them and you're not sure about the pavement, you can always buy little dog boots so they have little shoes on. So as well, but just be mindful of of the of course that's going to keep the heat in and their paws are not going to be able to sweat though so there's pros and cons with those okay so let, let's talk about exercise and playtime i mean we, we we all exercise our dogs in particular i suppose although there's cats we know that that like to go for walks uh should should we adapt our our exercise and playtime with with our pets when we're traveling well, like I said, as far as like with summertime goes, but I would, like I said, a basic routine. So if you would normally get up in the morning and take your dog for a walk, say at five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning, keep that same routine if you're able to while you're out. And then, of course, if you do the same thing in the evening. Um, but of course, uh, you know, you, you can um, also, if you find dog parks, if they're do- dog friendly and things like that, you can take them and, you know, go for a bit of a run as well. But I, I would try to maintain as much normalcy as possible. I know sometimes you aren't able to do that, like within your travels, going from one place to the other. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely in the summertime, uh, definitely in the early morning or in the late evening for the exercise and don't over exercise, don't let them over exercise because then of course they could sh- show those signs of heat stress as well. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that about the, the stress. I was just thinking, should, whilst we stick to the regular routine uh, side of things, should we perhaps just pull back a little bit on the length of time that we might be playing or exercising our pet? Particularly when we know, okay, well, today we're going to be driving from here to there, and we're going to be in the in the vehicle for you know four or five hours, sort of thing. Should should you perhaps pull back just a little bit short, so the dog's not or, or the cat isn't just um, overtired, for want of a better term? Because I know toddlers, when they get overtired, can be difficult to travel with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or 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 sometimes being overtired is good because then they'll sleep. But at the same time, I would try. To, I would try to. Um, if you're going to be travel traveling, I would get them out for their like morning walk. But what I would try to do is just stop along the way at like a, you know, just a little pull off area and just periodically just get them out, let them have a bit of five minute walk around, do their business and stuff like that. So they're still getting their little bit of exercise, but just doing that if you're able to to do that periodically. 
you know, and then that way they're getting a bit of exercise throughout the day. They're not just getting like one huge amount in the morning and one huge amount in the evening, you know, so you could, you could do that as well. All righty. Well, look, I found this chat quite interesting and I've learned, I've learned a few things along the way. What would be some of your yeah. top tips that, that you, you would like people to keep in mind for when they're traveling with their pets? Um, always keep plenty of water on hand for your animals. That's for that, um, uh, of course, doing the walking in the uh, early morning hours and um, it, or at night, just obviously don't, I would not recommend leaving your animals unattended um, in the caravans. Um, you know, if there's two of you, one person can run into the shop and the other one can stay with the pet just to make sure that they're not getting stressed out or whatnot. Obviously, uh, know uh, you're, say if you're stay, staying at a caravan park, just know uh, who the vets are around you. That way, if you do have an emergency, you have somebody that you can contact. Um, obviously, if your animals are on any kind of medication or have any underlying health issues, just make sure you have all your medications with you as well. Um, and uh, so if you are are tethering your animals to save your caravan, make sure you have plenty of shade for them and they're not going to get tangled up and uh, to where they're going to get, you know, in, into a situation and obviously have plenty of shade. And if they like water, you can always carry a shell pool with you as well. And obviously don't leave your animals in, in the direct sun either, you know, so to provide adequate shelter or accommodations for them. Treat, treat them. I always, I always look at my pets. I treat them like I treat myself. So that's my pet. Yeah. <laughs> if I wouldn't like it, they wouldn't like it. Yeah, so. And that's why our JR is so spoiled because I treat him just like yeah. I would treat myself. Yeah, yep. If you if you don't want want to drink out of a dirty water bottle, he doesn't want dirty water, and so forth and so on. That's that's that. I'm sorry that, but that's my personal philosophy of 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 owning a pet. Yeah, and I think then their quality of life is absolutely great because you're thinking as though it was you that was having to do what he. Exactly, and then and you're going to have a, have a great pet, a great member of the family, and 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 whatnot. So yeah. Jera, I want to thank you very much for your time this morning. I found the discussion quite interesting. I've learnt, I've learnt a few things, and I hope that uh, we've given some good ideas to to our listeners to put in place for when they're travelling with their pet. Yeah, well, I, I hope it's been informative for everybody, and um, I'm glad that you, we, you learned something because I've learned a little bit as well. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks again, and have a great day. Bye. You did the same. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this episode. Please stay safe and happy. Until next month, I'm Shane. Have a safe journey, everyone. Mm-hmm.